When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, welcome to a special episode of Melanated Faith. As you guys know, we are recapping the final season, season five of Insecure over on our Patreon. We are giving you, all of our listeners, this special bonus episode. So come join us on Patreon if you want the rest of the tea. Um, today we have joining us for this discussion, one of our favorite internet people who is just a dear, beloved brother in Christ. Robert Monson is a writer, theologian, host of the Three Black Men podcast, which you guys should all be listening to, and just a delightful presence in the cesspool that Twitter is sometimes. And so I would encourage you to follow him. We'll link his handles in the bio, but he is a thoughtful human being. And so we can't wait to get into this episode of Insecure with Robert. Welcome. Thank you for being here with us. So to get our discussion kicked off, I'm going to do a very brief recap of what happened this episode in Insecure. And I'm going to do my best, you know, to just give you a non-biased take. So y'all just hear my take right on what happened. So the episode starts with Lawrence and Issa kind of like parting ways, saying they're good, um, just the way episode two left off. And then you can see him kind of like in this you know, headspace of like, dang it, I messed up. Like, what's what's going to happen? So now he's back at work. He's in the corporate lifestyle. They're showing him in his nice little high rise loft, high ceilings, had to be 15 foot ceilings, I have to tell you. Big paintings, you know, they're basically showing Lawrence is rich now, okay? Or at least he's doing well for himself. He's getting that money. So in his meeting, he takes on a new client. He, everything's going well at work. And then he goes on a date with this girl, blah, blah, blah. And then he finds out that his baby is being born in L.A. He hops on a plane to L.A. And basically the entire episode is showing different snippets of Lawrence attempting to adjust to fatherhood from a distance while he lives in San Francisco. So you're going to it's a lot of hopping back on planes, off planes, on planes, off planes. And each scene is portraying basically the complexities of parenthood and what co-parenthood looks like from a distance. I'm going to just say it that way, because I think we're when we talk, you're going to get you know, filled in with the different scenes that were at play. But basically, this whole episode is about Lawrence and Condola attempting, keyword attempting, to co-parent. Yeah. No, that was a great recap. Okay, so to start, before we just get into Lawrence's behind, (laughs) um, I thought maybe if we could talk about your impressions of Condola and their relationship before season five, like, were you, did you like her or were you one of those people that, what are they, people are like Condoleezza, Candy Cane, people don't like to call her by her name. They're constantly shading her online um, because I felt like she, I'm really not actually not sure why people don't like, didn't like her character, but I wonder if you guys would just want to start with like your opinion before the baby, what of Condola and her and Lawrence's relationship, what you guys thought? 
I have opinions. Well, <clears throat> I have a bit of unforgiveness because she sat down at Molly and he says <clears throat> meal together. And I'm still triggered by that incident because I'm an introvert. And if you invite somebody into a meal with me, unannounced, <laughs> y'all going to be sitting there together alone, sharing a meal together. So she was shady for that. But other than that, I think on a, a real talk, I think people feel, I think people project a lot of things onto Condola and the fact that people feel comfortable uh, calling uh, this woman out of her name uh, says a lot. Uh, so because she's beautiful and she's powerful and the shade that she gets is very interesting to me. So I've just been observing uh, that why she is uh, the battering ram and collecting all of the spew from the Black community, uh, male and female. So it's interesting to me. But other than her sitting down in the in that mess, I, I, I'm cool with Condola. Before, before this, before <laughs> See, this episode, <laughs> let me be clear. Right. And I, and I think you made an excellent point on Twitter because I feel the same way. And honestly, I really don't blame Condola for that. That was on Issa because you knew you were in a bad, don't do that to me. You know, we're kind of in an iffy spot in our friendship. You invite me to lunch. This girl who I do not don't you don't pop do up that. on we don't me do pop ups, and okay? I pop it right out <laughs> <You> <laughs> like gummy bears <laughs> popping right out. You could have sent you could have sent a text. You could have sent a text and said, "Hey, you know, I want to bring this friend, or she's on, she's in the neighborhood. Can she drop by and say hi?" Like something. That's number one. I also agree. I don't get it. Like, I mean, I didn't love Condola and Lawrence in the relationship, but that's because I believed that she was too good for Lawrence. You're just you know, like she's a very successful woman. She had this beautiful home, um, you know, this amazing party planner. And let's not forget all this, all the strings she pulled for Issa to have her little first little block party, make her dreams come true. And I just felt like even when they were dating, Lawrence didn't seem ready for the type of relationship that Condola was seeking. And rather than just like saying that, I felt like he was kind of stringing her along was my sense of it. Faith, what about you? So I feel slightly different because I feel like Condola is, like, I know Condolas. Like, they give you that air. Kind of like that, you know, only certain people can be around me kind of air and vibe. And I think about how they made Lawrence feel at the party. And it was just really awkward for him. Now, this is not making Lawrence a saint because I'll get to my thoughts on him. But I do think that there was error on both of their parts because she kind of liked him because she wanted a person. I think she was a rebound for Lawrence. But then I also think that she didn't want to be alone and neither did he at the time. And they were accepting what each other gave, even if it wasn't what they wanted, because they wanted the bare minimum of something. So that's a whole other thing. When you just accept the bare minimum, then you're going to get bare minimum results. That's a fair. sermon, <laughs> a memoir. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Preach that. Ex text. Well, there Faith. you go. That facts, Faith. So, I mean, we exactly. We I can't. That's the text. I, yeah. No, I agree with you. I can't. Yeah, you're right. She she accepted the bare minimum. And she got bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So we've established kind of the baseline of our opinions of Condola and Lawrence. Let's get into this episode. Your thoughts 
well, we're going to give thoughts and prayers for JLS. Let's just, let me just preface this before I get on Lawrence. JLS has had an amer- amazing glow up. How he looked in season one, where he is in season five. Glow up. He, J, this is not a glow up. This is not a knock on him as an actor. But yeah, let's just get into it. Just, you know, I'm not going to ask a question. I'm just going to let you, you know, go with your comments about the episode, about their co-parenting, whatever you have. I'm going to start off at the top, which is regardless of if he was super chatty or not, I feel like that man deserved a call when she went into labor at the minimum. You're okay. right. I think, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it w- it was a lot. Like, it, it was chaos because... You know, he was on a date, got a text. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think my baby mom was in labor. Bloop. Uh, so that was that was a lot. And uh, Kiki Palmer, shout out to her for playing that sister role. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer. Wait, and I, I will also say this for the girl on the date. She had the exact reaction I had when she was like, "Wait, this is a joke. This would be funny and to tell people." Wallet, and he literally like, got up. Go I was no like, more dates. <laughs> I was like, oh, how, I mean, how else? I was just like, he, this is so comical. This man looked at his phone, he, got a text. He and got, got, yeah, I was yeah, wondering, was that her or somebody else? I think it was her because okay. she, I couldn't tell if it was her. Yeah, girl, shout out to her for Lauren. Faith preached a message for you about accepting the Listen, if you just <laughs> she was I mean, she was like, it doesn't disqualify you in that, my eyes. Um, that's a good girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least you paid the bill. So anyway, I think to me, it was it was a confluence <laughs> of events. Um, for me. Uh, <laughs> If you recall, the last season, she, Condola said, you can be involved as little or as much as you want. And I think Condola set herself up to play foolish games and win foolish prizes because she brought that back up at the end of the episode when she you know or when they were in their garage when she said i thought you said keep me posted and but miss ma'am you literally told him he could slide in and out and then you seemed to want to flip the script when he was moving on that energy of of the parameters that you laid out for him which was i can be here as much or as little as i want like I get why she, I get why I like she, she did, did that, it, okay. and I'm gonna get to him. In I agree with what you're saying, but I, I think I would never set up that in any of the relationships that I have, even on a friendship level. I don't give people access to me like that at all. Like you can't even move, you can't even move with me like that on an acquaintance level. Hey, you can just be involved with me as as much as blocked. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you don't even real. have my number like that. Like, you can text me blocked. You can't even no. have my energy like that. So then, when he lived that self fulfilling proper prophecy, she seemed to be. <laughs> See, but I feel like I I, get, I think going back to Faith's point of like knowing Condola, it's like. The women, especially Black women, because of this like narrative of scarcity, are so afraid to set high expectations for Black men because it's like, oh, we're going to scare you off. And so back to Faith's original point of like the, their whole relationship, she's moving with accepting the bare minimum. And I think she also said you can be as involved as you want. 
one, I don't like this. I, I agree with you about this. I like people to be direct. So when you're when she was saying you can be involved as little as, or as much as you want, what she was really saying is I want you to be really involved, but I don't want to put that pressure on you. And it's like, sweetie, he cannot read your mind, number one. Number two, like, this is your child's father. He needs to be involved. But I, but I say that to say I, I have a, a soft spot for her in that because I feel like we all do that where we have not experienced the level of growth where we are like, we are afraid to, we don't want to be too much. And we hope that people will give us the freedom. Who We hope that we don't want to be too much. And we want people, whether friends or partners to be like, oh, you're not too much. Like, to understand what we're saying, if that makes sense. And she was giving and she was giving him a coded message. And so I agree with you that she should not have set that expectation. But I feel like part of me is like, I think she just was hoping, like, because Lauren seems, seems, seems like a stand-up dude. I think she was thinking, oh, he's gonna be like, oh, I wanna be involved. I wanna go to doctor's appointments. Yeah. He's not gonna give me keep me posted. <laughs> I think Condola is also just passive aggressive. My feeling is that Condola is an introvert. <laughs> Robert's laughing. <laughs> Listen, Condola is an introvert, okay? But she comes off as a, you know, she has RBF, okay? She's she's very much so like don't don't mess with me, you know, just leave me alone. And so she puts off that energy. So when you put off that energy and you don't communicate and you're passive aggressive and petty, we don't know what you think. We really don't. We don't know how to, to like, where you at? You know what I'm saying? So I think that part's confusing for Lawrence because, you know, she's a little bit mixed up. Well, here's the thing. I will say um, with all of my friends with their first children, they all think they're going to be super mom. And they are going to make baby food and they, <laughs> they they don't want any help from the older church women because I, you know, I, I have it all together. I don't need any help. And Condola strikes me as someone who has succeeded at everything in her life. I don't we don't know their circumstance. I mean, it seems like she also was raised by a single mother. But here's this very successful black woman who has used to. And maybe things have not gone perfectly, but I mean, no, that it's house, nice. That I love her house girl. and kitchen. Yeah, Beautiful. she's doing it for herself. Stunning. Stunning. So I feel like part of it is with the she doesn't communicate. I think she's also wrestling with her own kind of internal, like her expectations oh, for, for sure. how motherhood was going to go. Aside from Lawrence, her expect, yeah, her expectations were how motherhood was going to go and how she was just going to succeed at it. She wouldn't have any problems. She's going to be able to breastfeed. You know, she's going to get all this sleep. Yes. Everything's going to be perfect versus the reality. Yeah. And I think she's struggling with that internally. And my thing with Lawrence, which we can get into. You cannot expect yes. someone who's under yeah, that oh, level of sure. stress to also be managing you and your feelings. And so, and so, so to me, to me, I'm not saying she's not petty or passive aggressive, yeah. but she gets a huge two weeks yeah. postpartum and you're not sleeping. You get a huge pass from me and everybody and, else and around you needs to adjust. The reason why and I Lawrence, wanted to name something on Condola one is for how I'll go in on Lawrence, because lest someone say that I didn't even name Condola. Right. Um, because the majority of my thought I was arguing about Lawrence in my my chats all night uh, and people are like, you're going in on Lawrence. What about Condola? I'm like, listen, because I, so one more thing on Condola, I think 
and I don't know if you guys, if you all can relate, but for me, I have, in some ways, I can relate more with Condola where I have set myself up to win stupid prizes, right? And where I have received the bare minimum because of things that I have set in motion, right? And, and um, you know, and it hasn't been a child, <laughs> um, you know, but it's, I have set up these prophecies and I've set these things in motion. And when the thing blows up, I'm just sitting here stuck, <laughs> looking like, now who would have thunk it? I'm sitting here looking in the mirror like, Isa, you would have, you would have thunk it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> you. <laughs> and, to your, and to your point about Kiki Palmer as her sister, whose name I can't remember the character's name, but who said to her when he flaked out like two hours before he was supposed to come, she's like, you're nicer than me. I would have been done gone off on his behind. And I feel like that right there was a clue that sure. she had been accepting the bare minimum and she was frustrated and to face point was not communicating that. And her sister was like, this fool is a mess and you need to stop giving him a pass and you need to get in that behind. And so again, because she, I think didn't want to scare him off from participating at all in the Elijah's life, like, you know, wants to be kind of the cool single mom, superwoman who can do it on her own. She kind of was letting things go, letting things go. I really, here's the thing. I don't like that either. I think a lot of people stuff and stuff and stuff yes. and stuff and then explode. Because on the flip side, I have a lot to say about Lawrence and his behavior in this episode. But on the flip side, I do have sympathy for him because he's not aware that all, you know, he's never had a child before. They're not in a relationship. I mean, his friend They're tried to They're also not in him, proximity you know, together. So a so lot of the things that you're going to learn, he's not They're not, not in proximity together. They, they didn't know each other that well. They didn't date that long. And so I think part of it is he's not also aware of all those things going on underneath and just the challenges of new motherhood. I think his friend, tried. Tiffany's husband, tries to tell him. But a part of it, I do have a slight, slight bit of sympathy of him being like, dude, what's going on? I do not understand where this hostility is coming from, this overprotectiveness is coming from, because, you know, We've never sat down and have a had a, even a conversation about parenting styles. Why they had, didn't take a parenting class together, I, I don't know. There were lots of things that could have been done. But I will say I do have a slight bit of sympathy to him because I can see because of the lack of proximity and their short relationship history that he could he might be slightly confused yeah. at her outburst. Well, I think Condola has typically been passive aggressive introverts to herself as a way to protect herself i'm wondering if the themes that they're presenting to us now with her as a mother are going to allude to or talk to postpartum depression yes. mental health and black women and if i wonder if they'll bring any of those themes out this season as to some of that playing a role also in her responses now we can go in on lawrence for sure well, no, I will say, I was just going to say to that point, they did that with Tiffany. And I feel like that's, that has been a consistent theme about motherhood in this, an insecure of just that it is not what you expect it to be. And that it is difficult and that women, particularly black women, need a lot of support <laughs> and they need to be treated as if they're tender and they need to be cared for. And I, and I think that's typically not what is presented with black women, black mothers. It's like, 
you know, I think the typical TV image of black mothers is like, she's tough, no nonsense, and she's taking care of her family, and she's putting her husband in the place. And so I do like that they're exploring, like, no, like, being a mom is is difficult. You need people to care for you as well. And I feel like they've been really consistent about hitting that theme. Yeah, because okay. I also say on this, one thing I haven't enjoyed is uh, especially uh, the type of conversation and the critiques uh, from men, and I'll say from Black men, you know I love y'all, but on Condola, that completely leaves postpartum out. And and you do not have, you do not have to be a Black woman to have thoughtful uh, understanding, listening, and critique of Black women's bodies. if we read and if we listen and we read outside of genres that pertain to us, <laughs> for me, everyone thinks Condola is just out here wild. Y'all, it, it, why wouldn't she let Lawrence take the baby for a week? Y'all, are we, are, so we just going to be foolish our whole lives? I do not know any woman who is going to be separated for a week from her baby and brothers are out here just like, I mean, she's tired. What, what's wrong? It's simple. I mean, it's two plus two equals four. So y'all just haven't read any books on black, black women and babies in their experiences. Y'all just out here painting her like a monster. And y'all just really. And the first thing I said is, I wonder if she has postpartum depression. Everyone's like, no, she's just emotional and controlling. Okay. So, yeah. It just shows a lack of education, though. Like, what you're highlighting is the lack of education and awareness. It shows the lack of... It's... I think the lack of education, but it also... I mean, to be... Frank, yeah, some, some people are married people, to black it's women. Like you so, have it's not... You don't you have to take like a this. class. And, <laughs> and you... You're just this... Yeah, you're just very selfish and focused on yourself. I mean, when he said that to her... I almost threw something on my TV screen. Are you kidding me? You're trying to take my infant for a week? How are you going to yeah. feed them? And It wasn't even make us. The math was not math. <laughs> the math was, I don't, first of all, I don't know anything about your place. I have not seen. Where are you taking my child for a week? Are you going to, I think Lawrence is from like Virginia or something. Are you going to Virginia? Your mama's house? Are you going to be in San Francisco? I don't know what that looks like. What are you feeding my child? I mean, it just, the fact that, you know, and the thing is like, Oh, her being controlling. I mean, what she said about the food thing at the, that is true. Like there is a process for introducing foods to make sure kids aren't allergic and so that they don't go into, I mean, all he, and the, here's my thing. Even if she was being controlling in that moment and she had anxiety, the kind and loving thing to do, whether it's your friend, whether it's your partner, is to hear that person out and say, oh, you thought, you know, you were concerned Rather than get defensive to say, I'm all he had to do was say, I'm sorry. A baby and just came out of her body. Are we acting really foolish? A baby, <laughs> y'all acted. I know enough to say that, y'all. It's not difficult. But I think Lawrence, like, he's. First of all, he went from, you know, being a broke bum on the couch, okay, and conflicted. Then he just was an F boy. Then he was lost. Okay, now he got money now he's in his place now he's in his sweet spot so he's full of himself now he's gotten a big head 
And he thinks that parenting, like, and I think this is the other thing. This is his idea of parenting. And I also think part of this is because they did not establish boundaries. In his mind, being a good dad is showing up for these hours once a week when I can. I can commend him for the effort to be there because some men don't make that effort at all. So I'm glad he's flying in. That's great. He made a schedule. However, in the episodes, you don't see him flying in and I don't know why they didn't do this but I'm like did is he learning how to make the bottles is he like involved in the nap time like and I don't know if that means because she didn't want him to be but I'm just saying like there aren't those moments of him making those types of efforts while he's in he's flying in for these events and at events there's different people that are and her there to either care for carry look at the baby and so it's just hey i'm here for a few hours and i'm going back so he's not really parenting right and And i yeah when i was just gonna say and one of the things i thought that montage where they did the split screen of like what her life was like versus what his life was like one the question i had is even between his flights are you facetiming this baby are you facetiming her do you check on her and you check on the baby every day i mean you're not doing the the bare minimum to establish trust and like when she said i don't trust you no a hundred percent a hundred percent i barely we dated i don't know how you are i never saw you around your family because it was obvious that they had never met in each other's families i don't know what your dad is like i don't know what your relationship with your dad is like you know you don't have any other children i mean to me that's like a reasonable for her to say, I don't trust you, seemed like a reasonable response and based he, on what he was, was giving. giving nothing. At least on what was I, Listen, the is thing that I was going to say is the meta narrative of Lawrence's life. And, and you kind of hit it, Faith. You said he became an F boy. And then I would, let me stop you right there, sis. There is no end then. The through line started from the couch to Condola's apartment, it. and it's it's my God, and it and it's one it's one thread, because the type of uh, the type of commentary is people wanting to see say, can't we see how Lawrence has evolved? And what I want everyone to lean in, breathe deep. The math is not mathing. And Lawrence Mm -hmm. is not a victim. When he was on the couch at Issa's place, he wanted her to believe that he was a victim. And now with Condola, he's wanting Condola to believe that he's a victim. Y'all, from Issa... He is a chronic victim. From Issa to Condola, you cannot live five years as a victim, brother. I get it that Condola is a whole different woman. The meta-narrative brother, is that you are a a perpetual victim, even while you were out here. uh, We can be sex positive if we wanted, but you had, you so, you sowed the oats all over California and you were a victim even then. You were yelling at women even then. You were doing your thing. You were calling Issa every name in the book, still not owning your truth. You were, you was, uh, Aparna was, Aparna was in the wrong. Every woman that has touched myself is in the wrong. And now Condola's in the wrong. Brother, you have not moved on from F-boy ethics. That's a fact. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I, when she said you are not a victim. That was the biggest truth. I was like, somebody finally said it. 
biggest truth. And I, you know, maybe I'm I'm sure the Lawrence Hive will have something to say. But let me just say that this man, first of all, I mean, this man consistently yeah. refuses to take ownership of his actions. And it is like this, I mean, even just this like to your point, meta narrative of like black men are like, oh, these black women, your expectations too high. You don't do this. You don't, you don't do that. I mean, Lawrence is the prototype. I will say Issa Rae, Insecure Writing Room, Prentice Penny, y'all did the thing in writing this character because we all know a Lawrence. And so the that moment when she was like, you're not a victim was so cathartic for me because I was like, this boy has just been moving from five years talking about all these things um, women have done to me this. I, Do you remember I, the big me. teller I'm a nice guy. told him? This is the thing that gets me about boy, Lawrence. But you act like a nice yes, guy. Lor- yes. Lawrence's self-perception of himself is, is so off. He thinks he's a nice guy. He's like, I've got a good job and I'm nice. Like I pay for cabs home. I gave you the money for dinner, you know, even though I had to get out, you know, and it's just like, you are not... Nice is such a low bar. And I also, you're not even nice. Like, you're not nice. Like, you just mistreat, like, I don't know. I just, Lawrence, I, you know. If you are just nice, you're right. That bar is incredible. He's got a clean line. He just, I mean, I don't condone. Yeah, I don't condone Issa cheating on him. But I'm just like, you seem to be unwilling to, like, take a look at. And you you seem unwilling to take a look at yourself and your own actions. And even to me, the fact that he called her at the end after the turbulence, to me, again, okay, great, good first step. But to me, again, that was about you and your legacy and, you know, how you want to be remembered. It had nothing to do with, like, wow, how I talked to her in that moment was crazy. I I, I need to reflect on how I care for people. It's like, oh, you know, I don't want her to remember me and I want my son to remember me and all this is like Lawrence Lawrence, please He's put absolved other himself of first. taking responsibility for his own actions. Okay. So he is just it's almost like he's incapable of of saying, I made a mistake. I was wrong. It's um comes from a very defensive place of everybody is doing this to me. Um, which is a really self-centered narrative. One thing I was thinking about was a guy that I knew that was a friend, but, you know, he flirted. He was flirting with so many of us girls at the time, several at once. Having these, like, deep, insightful, emotional conversations, but he never really wanted to say how he felt about any of the women and if he liked any of them. And I remember feeling really frustrated and confused because we were having very in-depth talks, but he just kind of was just kind of flipping about it. And I remember looking at him one day because I had just had enough. I was sick of it. This reminds me of a Lawrence. And I just looked at him and I said, you might not be having sex with all of us women, but you sure are an emotional hoe because you sit here <laughs> and you talk to all of us and have all these super in-depth conversations with all of us. I was like, you're an emotional hoe. That's what you are. All these women sitting here listening to you as you pour your heart out, you're getting all of your emotional needs met by every single one of us, but refuse to make any commitment. A and word. I tell you, I was like, I am done fulfilling men's emotional needs with my good listening ears. Period. And they're, 
incompetent mess of messy selves that have no desire to commit to me. I am sick of it. Sick of it. Anyway, emotional hoe. There are some emotional hoes out there and I cannot, I can't take it. <laughs> you're like, you're like glad I'm out of that <laughs> because that's no, and, and I mean, men will really good. trip you up like that. And you're thinking, Ooh, you're going to commit. And the men are like, who said, who, who said that? <laughs> who said, you know that, you know that um, real housewife. Who said that? Who said that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. They're like, what's going on here? And what's insidious about it is Lawrence continually gets a fulfillment of he is the quote unquote nicest guy in the room when compared even with a lot of his friends, right? Him compared to a lot of his other friends. Well, do you want Lawrence or him? Or, you know, this guy over here, you're like, well, Lawrence, I guess. And (laughs) I mean, it's not hard, right? You know, the other dude, what's his name? Daryl or whatever the other dude's name. It's like, well, Lawrence looks like a knight shining armor ready to ride off into the sunset, right? And so, um, so for me, I think the takeaway for me is when everyone was capping, defending Lawrence, and I'm thinking, do y'all know two things can be true at once? Condola can be wrong, but we don't have to absolve Lawrence of anything. He's not a victim. And the way that you know he's not is what he was like under pressure. I love what you just said, Catherine, is when he went to apologize, it wasn't about making wholeness. It was about he reflected on Oh my, oh my goodness, it's me. <laughs> you know, I um because in the apartment, y'all, if I get invited to speak anywhere anytime soon, my grounding text, you blew my life up. Um, so turn and turn to your neighbor and say, You blew my life up. Because when he said that in the apartment, I was like, this is how you know he's not a good dude. This is how you know he didn't learn one lesson from season one to five. He'd been out here with every woman in the LA area, and not one time did he think self-reflect. You blew my life up. Is the whole ethos of Lawrence. This wasn't a mistake. Everyone's gonna probably get on me like, no, he's he he just he got emotion. No, you blew my life up. That's what he took from her being. You know, being wonky with the with their miscommunication, sir. How? Hi, guys. This is Catherine, and I want to tell you about my latest obsession. I love the jewelry at Ana Luisa. It's spelled A N A L U I S A. What I love about Ana Luisa is that the jewelry is affordable, but Ana Luisa, the brand, also cares a lot about the environment. So while I'm looking good, I can also feel good about my purchases, knowing that I'm supporting a carbon-neutral company. Ana Luisa, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, is home to some great pieces of jewelry, and the price is amazing. They have pieces starting at only $39, and right now, they are running their biggest sale of the year. You can get 60% off your second item if you go to shop.analuisa.com slash melanatedfaith. 
I'll say that one more time because I know you guys love a bargain. Shop.analuisa.com slash melanatedfaith. Guys, pick out some great pieces. You can give some pieces to your loved ones. You can buy yourself a little sparkle for the holiday season. And I hope you find some good things. Happy hunting. And if you find something great, make sure you tag Faith and I at Melanated Faith. Yeah, I mean, even just, yeah, that he, even just his, even to something you said, Faith, made me think about him building that crib in his, you know, apartment and how he's like his performative making room. How are you building his life for his child? I was like, Um, when is the baby going to get to be there? And, but he, but see, his performative making room because it was like, oh, can you move the doctor's appointments to Fridays? fit my schedule he didn't even ask her what was most convenient to her him starting him deciding he was going to call the baby Ja, and she's like eli i mean i guess you can have different nicknames for your kids and i think just for me like with pregnant women people in crisis and i and pregnancy is both a physical and emotional crisis whether you have postpartum or not a good friend a, a loving how you know using the christian language of like loving your neighbor is to be the least anxious presence so you can be talking about nursing or baby food or i don't know bottles blinkies whatever it is that you're going off okay i understand i'm sorry you feel that way and it just is like this is to me i think one of the biggest lessons or takeaways I hope people get from this episode is like, if you're going to have a kid with someone, whether it's your partner, y'all in a relationship or whether you're, it's not, that's not the situation. You owe a, a level of care to your child's Say mother. That. This woman pushed out a whole baby, grew a whole baby in her body for nine months and then pushed it out or had it taken out, was cut open to take it out. And I think that a lot of people think, oh, my only responsibility is to this child. I have no responsibility to the person I'm co-parenting with is wrong. It's it's just the wrong approach, whether you're in a relationship or not. You don't have to be friends, but you need to care about this person's well-being. And La- Lawrence didn't care. Honestly, I don't even think Lawrence cares about Ja. From what I've seen, I think Lawrence cares about Ja as an extension of himself and his own pride and his own ego so far from what we've seen. Because I'm just like, how do you think? I mean, your friend Tiffany's husband, whose name I never remember, is that his name? Told him about Eric. Oh yes, yes, Derek. Derek told him like it's not the baby can feel that energy. It's not good for the baby, and yet you continued on (laughs) some foolishness. That's real black brotherhood. That was real black brotherhood. Yes. Oh, Derek. He was like, I have learned. I, you know, he, when he said we have been through some stuff, I was not the best partner to Tiffany, but, and he tried to share that is wisdom. hard-headed. No, that's a real friend. Go Derek, ahead, Faith. <laughs> hard. He's just hard-headed. I mean, he's just, he, he feels like he knows it all. I think he loves the baby. I do. I do think he loves his son. Um, but he doesn't know how to take care of a kid. He wants to know, but he's not really showing interest. So that's his problem. And therefore, if he's not making efforts to learn or try to figure out what it's like to take care of a child, of course, she's not going to trust you to leave the child alone with you when you've shown little interest in the day to day handlings that, you know, happen in order to take care of a kid every day. So, yeah, he's hard headed. He wants what he wants. But when you are in two different cities and you're in the situation that they're in, you can't have it all. 
Yeah. I think I, I think it's that. And I think too, like yeah. you're you're absolutely right. It's I, I think he does love, but I think it's the maturity and the breadth of that love, right? And you know, like for me Yes, that's ooh, probably a better way to say it. look at me <laughs> ten years ago. Ooh. Um, <laughs> um thank God for growth. <laughs> um no, I mean I was definitely selfish and props to the Derricks uh, in my life and then props to how I was stiff arming those Derricks because uh, you do need uh, every black man does need Derricks and I really want to highlight and uplift that character when your love is immature and weak and you don't know how to display it right every black man needs a strong and even a stronger Derrick that literally can like take you by the crook of your arm because you can't like it would be awesome if he could have just been shown that by condola but condola has her own issues and black women can't be responsible for discipling black men into maturity right like that's not (laughs) they're not inheriting projects um right like she got a baby she doesn't need two babies um and we need (laughs) we need peers that are like hey let me let me pull you aside, play <laughs> and you know, get you right by the fat of that arm, right? Like, uh, yeah. and uh, props to Derek. And I've I've had black men that's like, let me let, let me help me gather you a little you. bit. Um, yeah. So, and no, good. I was just sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, even the same for Condola. Like, even and just thinking about like my friends when they had their first babies that were on a hundred. It was other friends coming alongside of them. Like, remember having a specific conversation with one girlfriend who would freak out about leaving her son with her husband because he didn't, like, fold things the way she folded things. He didn't. And I was like, sweetie, do you want to go out and have fun with the girlfriends? Or do you want to be focused on what he's doing over here? Because it's his child, too. He's not babysitting. He's allowed to fold towels his own way. And her coming to the realization of like, no, this is his own bonding time. And he, you know, and so that same sort of thing, like someone, we just didn't see that with Condola. Like she needs someone, someone she trusts. I think Lawrence, where they are in this episode in their relationship was probably not the right person to pay, play that role. But Tiffany for sure, or someone else, I mean, even her mom kind of tried to set the tone when they, when he came into the room and they were all looking at him like he was crazy and Leela Roshan um gets up and is like hi my name is blah blah blah. it's so nice to meet you and hugs him and trying to bring the sort of like temperature level down you know that's why we need a village like we all need those people and to your point yes lawrence was trying was stiff arming very good advice that he got from Derek. but i think condola too like needs people that she trusts and that love her to say hey sweetie like he really is he wants to i mean he's not doing it right and he doesn't know what all he's getting into agreed he's immature agreed but also you want your son's father to be in his I, life the, you need o- to make the only other thing that i would too. say um is like i would say that condola was clear that she wanted a baby she didn't want lawrence and i think when the baby got there she was surprised mm. at the reality of the situation that she did want the baby and she needs yes. yeah. And that's how you can set yourself up to play yes. yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, 
I want a baby is all mine. And I think back to something you said at the beginning, Faith, uh, I think they got into this with low stakes involved, but you kind of knew what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then there was a baby and she was like, oh, something finally is all mine. But this isn't like toy trucks. Like, this is like this is a, a human, human being life. growing up. <laughs> like, yeah. This, you can't be superpower CEO. Like, you and Lawrence are now intertwined forever. So, like, yeah. this isn't vibes. I think she's realizing yeah. that she needs a co-parent, but not even just a co-parent. I think asking him if he wanted to go to the birthday party with her was kind of like that, wait a minute, like, this is something I would want to do with him. Um, and realizing that, okay, I'm not having the family that maybe I wanted, or maybe I did want this and I didn't think that I wanted this, but this is like my testing out what it feels like if I would have, if I could have this. Um, but I feel like what Lawrence displayed when he was like, sure, I feel like that level of sure was kind of like what Lawrence had the entire relationship with Condola. It was a very sure attitude like she's cool she's yeah. not really my type but i'm gonna just be with her because sure yeah no that's good i mean i think your point is tr so true faith because i did think i was like why is she texting him to ask him to go to the birthday party together that seemed a little odd to me and then his response because i i think he was like you know are you he was like me, is the baby gonna be there i'm like, like a day i you know is yes when oh, he was like girl, is baby gonna be there? He, he ain't trying to be with okay. you okay we're going to a child's birthday party he's not trying to be with you but i also think to your point something you said made me think she wanted a baby but also too like it is an it's a big endeavor i think she also wants the emotional support and like feeling like you know um as much as her mom and her sister were trying to be there for her like she did make this baby with Lawrence and there's something to be said about wanting that emotional support from a person who is as invested yes. in this thing that you created together if that makes sense so it's like she really wants I, yeah I don't I think the wanting a relationship with Lawrence or needing Lawrence is also just that you know, childbearing is not just about the physical and it's not just about your relationship with your child, but it's also your relationship with your village. And I think she also was just so used to having Lawrence temporary back to what you said at the beginning, like low standards temporarily fill that need for emotional support, uh -huh. even though, girl, he, he cannot. Lawrence cannot. But, it, but doesn't is isn't it terrible, though? She uh, she uh, it's like split the split screen. She crying tired on the couch and he like popping bottles with yeah that was i was like wait that, a minute with now that, Hold with on. that woman with that woman who may or may not have been the first woman and he out here just living a life he like i'm too tired to come and she like hmm. i'm like when he said he's too tired and then he's salty come, like just... why am i not getting more of a vested interest in the baby i'm like boy if you don't sit down well here here's here well, and the other thing that frustrated me, too, when Lawrence was like, it's 
props, you know, he does want to be involved. But also, too, see, a lot of us get ourselves in trouble because we're looking around comparing ourselves to other people when that's not the standard. When he said to Derek, well, all these other fools out here ain't trying to be a dad to their kids at all. This is a a Wendy's. (laughs) That's not relevant. Yeah, and I think, too, that's a good point to make, but for all of us to pay attention to, right? Like, when are those moments when we think that we're doing better than the bare minimum because we're comparing ourselves to somebody else or we feel like the bar is low? Yeah. Who's trifling? Who's trifling? Like, that's trifling. That should not be your bar. Your standard... But everybody's bare minimum is different, though. I'm just thinking of good fathers. You're right. I mean... You're right. I'm just saying... I'm saying... You're right. I have played played myself. You're right. No, I... That's a good call-in. That's a good call-in, Faith. You're right. While I'm judging... While I'm judging him, I have played myself looking around. I have too. Myself, and yeah. then, then my bare minimum. Oh, I'm for like, sure. I don't know why everyone can't see how awesome all this is, and it's like, sir, that's not relevant testimony. I mean, we have all done that, right? Like we've all <laughs> we've not- all done that. <laughs> no, we have no, no. We have all, I I mean, and I think that's the thing I will always say about Insecure that I think it has done so well and why it inspires such strong emotions is I think we all can see ourselves in each of these characters. And the thing that makes us the maddest in other people or in these characters are things we have done ourselves. And so we have all been in Lawrence's position. But again, it's like, sweetie, that's not the relevant. God's like, girl, that what them folks over there got to do with you? Okay, so I have I have a question. I have a closing thought here. What does good co-parenting from a different city look like? Who wants to go first as to what they would say this is what good co-parenting would be? I will be a lawyer and give a lawyer, lawyerly answer. <laughs> I will say that that is a conversation that they need to have as part of communication, because to your point, everyone's bare minimum is different. And I think that they both played themselves because they were just I mean, this is this is not like, you know, a book that I'm borrowing from my friend. And, you know, we have I mean, this is a whole human being. And so we they needed to have sat down a conversation and say, like, this is my expectation. Like to me, first of all, I would say good co-parenting looks like having conversations on the front end and they should sit down and say, okay, this is going to be our parenting plan. You are in this job in San Francisco. You're going to be like, realistically, let's say two weekends a month. Cause Lawrence also too overcommits when he was like, I'll be down there every weekend. Like Lawrence, we knew that wasn't going to happen. Just the, the reality of you live a plane right away, you know, but I am going to commit to calling you every day. Cause I think he could do that. FaceTiming his child every day and checking on her every day. But I think in terms of the details, like, you know, when we do this and when we do that. And I think also too, like for him to be able to say to her, you know, I want to be a part of his life. I want to be an active part of his life and figuring out how do we get to a place where I don't feel like I'm babysitting or I have to ask you permission to do things. Cause I feel like that's a bit of a rub for him as well. But I also think he needs to say, then what do I have to do for you to trust me as a co-parent? And I think that is, to me, I, I can't answer that question. I can't answer what is a good parent, co-parent for other people, um, which is why I'm just going to say they need to have a, con- they need to have a conversation and go through. Yeah. I think together. for me, the first thing I would say here is uh, 
because they can afford it, afford it. They're slinging around money. Um, uh, you know, this, I would say it if it was a different uh, <laughs> set of people. But uh, uh, the first thing is therapy. Um, they can't even come to the table until therapy is on the table uh, because they have to take a step back um, to be able to bridge some things because we have Lawrence who's trying to walk out like, his legacy factor. And he, I think truly he didn't want to be a part of the baby's life until the delivery room. So his expectations and desires started in the delivery room and hers had already been building, right? So they're already mismatched and they're going to continue to misfire. So yeah, they, <laughs> y'all got to do some work. So that, that to me, part of co-parenting well has to do some internal work. Um, then two, I agree with everything Catherine just said. Um, out of that, they got to renegotiate some things. And I don't even think, honestly, I don't even think, um, let me say it this way. I think having a plan that develops with Elijah's um, growth, right? That's realistic because based upon what they, the parents want and what Elijah can, um, is the baby's name Elijah? Am I tripping? Okay, yeah. What Elijah can handle developmentally, right? Yeah. Like Lawrence is not going to be there every weekend. Um, depending on what they both want, I don't know that he, Lawrence can commit to even calling Condola every day. Um, it would be great if he said, I can FaceTime you every day, but let's, come on, let's spill real tea. It might not happen. So, and then if it's a baby, depending on what Lawrence has got going on internally, he's not FaceTiming that baby every day. And so, but maybe they can get together where he can say, what do you need to feel supported whether that's emotionally, um, financially, right? Does that make sense? And then as the baby grows, yeah, we can. I can step it up commensurately, right? And um, and we can hit those benchmarks, right? That are, are realistic benchmarks, right? Where you don't feel crowded, but you also feel supported. And I'm showing you that I can be trusted. So maybe there's some weeks where you're going to need me more. And I'm going to have to fly down more, right? Um, so that you can get more massages or how can I, do you need a nanny? What, you know, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's a step-by-step -step process. Yeah. When the baby no, is one, it's going to be different when the baby is, you know, right. one month old. Right. And she might be yeah. like, I don't want to talk to you on the yeah. FaceTime every day. <laughs> um, Here's a picture. No, I mean, yeah. I think. Boom, here's a video. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sending the picture. And, or for him to have asked, like, hey, you know, I'm working at this fancy hedge fund. I have paternity leave. Would it be helpful if I came and took paternity leave and stayed with you for two weeks so you could get two weeks of rest, you know, or like stayed in a hotel, you know, whatever. But even to your point, like, when you said about like developmental stages and income, I think those are really important things to point yeah, out. They that have these money. are not average. These are not your average black people. The fact they have money, but even to me, his request that a child it didn't even make sense a week is not reasonable. <laughs> but 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 yes, if Elijah was ten, yeah. 
that's a different conversation. And so I think to your, I think you make some really good points about like developmental benchmarks and income yeah, factoring. I agree into with you. I had a lot of thoughts that like. kind of like are blending of the both of yours. My highlighting yeah, points were kind of like they should have a major conversation and they should have had a conversation before the baby was born as to what their parenting plan was going to be. You know, he should have checked in, even if she didn't say anything because she chose not to say anything. He still should have checked in and said, hey, what's the plan for how we are going to choose to raise this child? Um, And then, of course, I think they should get something legal in writing about how their, you know, stuff is going to be handled, even if it's not a judge court ordered thing you need something in writing and notarized and everybody on the same page about who's doing what and have that documentation there and present especially because they're not in a relationship and they're just co-parenting and they live in two different cities i also was going to say what um you said robert which was age appropriate things so the baby's an infant he's probably not gonna be able to do too much with an infant but i do think that if he was able to stay on weekends that would be a way for him to regain trust with condola because then if he was staying in a guest room somewhere or some you know or elsewhere but was she was able to see him interact with the child and teach him what he needs to know about his particular child that might give her some peace of mind down the line as he's weaning especially if he's exclusively breastfed um weaning and having that time to just take him um here and there maybe not a week maybe a day you know or two or something like that like and that's still sometimes when they're really tiny can be hard you know because you're gonna handle them for a day um the other thing is that i honestly think that if they're gonna do this they have a village of people involved they also need to get their families together because one of the ways it's going to help them be successful in co-parenting, because you are not raising a child by yourself, you are raising a child with a village, is to get the family together and let them know, hey, this is our co-parenting family plan and we ask that you yes. support it. Because your family yeah, in exactly. defense of you can, you know, really push the other person away. But when you still know that at the end of the day, you're you're tied to this person for life. You do need everybody's support to make the co-parenting plan happen. And if you do have a very involved family that is super close and wants to help with the baby, then Mm. everybody needs to be involved. Um, Like when he's talking about, well, my mom wants to see the baby. I think his grandmother should, the baby's grandmother should be able to see him. Like they need to have those moments. Lawrence might be a, you know, a dummy, but you know, his mom should still be able to hold the baby. The granddad should still be able to, you know, interact. So they need to have some kind of family plan together as to how the families will quote unquote co-parent, right? Because believe it or not, grandparent beef is real, y'all. So yeah. No. What his his mom even said, what was the line? Something like, yeah, oh, because the baby, baby in, like, so I wouldn't say they didn't like, dunk the baby in and sprinkled. Because they only got yeah. sprinkled. Because his, his like, family, yeah, because the baby only, yes, you can tell. That was, it I, is. I, is that, I feel like that's the first time we've <laughs> yeah. seen Lawrence's mother on, on screen. And and you could tell she a handful. And so to your point, like Lawrence needs Make to check break. that real quick because that is a, that can be and a you think, And do you think that I'm letting it can be more, you like, take my baby out of the city to where your mama's at for a week? And, and, she just and they me. don't know the parent. Like Ain't they no don't way. know each other. You know what I'm saying? So like. These families need to get together because one family wants him. The other family wants, like, they need to get together because nobody knows anybody. 
and they all want one little somebody. And I think your point about yeah. having something in writing, because I, you know, I feel bad that I'm a lawyer and didn't, didn't say that, but that is really important, I think. And this is not to say, let me just be clear, as I have bashed Lawrence for his just total horrendous behavior this episode fathers are important i have been blessed to have a really good father and that relationship is important and so yes lawrence should be involved and i'm not saying like he just oh throw his hands out and not try or whatever but i also think part of that of having something as writing so people can't get in their feelings and then yes. be like well i'm just gonna keep the baby this weekend like no we have a document we've agreed this is our parenting plan we've signed it so we so they're it's just, it protects both parties and it protects your child because we've agreed, we've established that every other weekend, unless there's an emergency, you know, like kid is in the hospital or something, like this is this is how it's going to go. Yeah. And um, we can just eliminate, because I mean, th I think what Faith said is real, right? Like, I do think she has this sense that she might want to be in a relationship with him. And, and there are women, I will not be naive and oh, say yeah. that there are not women that use their children I've, been, I've watched <laughs> to I've try literally to maintain holds been in the proximity watched it and then we just saw it on this episode where she like give me the baby see we're not doing yeah, that like, <laughs> like it's, it's my weekend yeah like, it's and and that's not and and for women like that's not okay like you should punishment. not use your child as some like yeah. leash to yank your child's father yeah as a punishment or to yank get your child's father to you know do stuff for you or whatever like and so yeah to Faith's point I think it's really important to have like a, a plan that you've had notarized and that you agreed to and then sharing that plan with people in your life and having conversations with your parents because. Yeah, you're not going to be in here insulting my child's mother because <laughs> that creates issues for me when I want it. There's just, it just, it's, it's tension, right? And you don't, yeah. you raise a child in community. You don't raise a child alone. So it's not just you and that kid and you and your partner and that kid. It's you. It's your family. If you have that available to you around you or people that are planning to fly in and spend time like, you and those people in that village, like, especially with them, when they're just co-parenting, it matters. It matters for her to know who's around him. It matters for him to know who's around her, vice versa. I would say if you're married, you probably have a little bit more leverage yeah. for it to be like, okay, it's probably just going to be us. We ain't going to deal with this person, this person, and this person. And you're figuring out what you're going to do. But know when you're co-parenting and both parents are single yeah. parents, they have other people helping them. They are not doing it alone. And you need to be aware of who the other people are, who the other important players are. Yeah. And I have an inkling oh, that for sure. he's not going to work and Lawrence is going to move back to L.A. It better like, not be with Issa. Oh. It not. better not be with Issa. You know, Robert, it better Robert. you know it's happening. But I kind of you know want them happening. to be together. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Can I just say, no. I love her. I'm not going to no. lie. No. I kind of no. do, too. I kind of do, too. I don't, I don't hear to your point. I'm not going to front either. I don't think women should have to raise men and disciple men, but I do think Lawrence needs this experience. He's, I think what they're going to have him do is this experience is going to mature him in a way. Cause Faith and I talked about this on our last review on Patreon, where he and the sort of, even in last season when they got back together and him being like, Oh, I forgive you. Let's try again. It wasn't really like it. a conscious decision. It's kind of like when you've been in a relationship, <laughs> they kind of fell into it and neither one of them, really the kind of commitment that we are going to be together and we have grown it, that didn't really happen and I feel like this season 
that's what they're trying to give us is like a conscious choice Robert's to be together and more vexed. vexed to Yo, grow my spirit up. is I so think, I was about to say that you read my mind. My spirit is so vexed. Y'all, we bind struggle love in the name of the matchless <laughs> oh! name. Okay, wait, wait, wait. But it's not, I, I don't think they're, they're going to have a struggle the, love. The, the you best. don't think they have struggle love? Have you watched season no, one no, no. I to think, season five? No, 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 no. Robert, Robert, wait, let me just say Anoint this. Anoint thine eyes to see, see Catherine. They have struggle. Wait, no, 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 no. Robert, clearly they have struggle love. But I'm just saying, because it started struggle love does not mean that that has to be struggle love going forward. That's if they get back together. Their their whole love is struggle love. Ain't nothing outside of struggle love. <laughs> you don't think that people can start with struggle love and get to a place of Miss like Ma'am, wholeness and healthy love? There's not enough season left left I'm to make asking. it not struggle love. Um, we unless <laughs> oh, they I'm... catapult us into the future, um, we're not going to have no character develop. Okay, I get what you're saying. They're going to be. You're right. They're going to be 90 when the season ends. And Issa, who has been the villain, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> because she invited Condola to that <laughs> meal and she hasn't repented yet. When she's 90, she's finally going to repent. And then finally, her and Lawrence are going <laughs> to finally. <laughs> I just think that I want them to get back together. Guys, we, they are going to end up together Here's the thing. And she this married show that man. Is based on Issa Rae's real life. She is with her Lawrence. She married that man this year. And now they were together. They were. For they were together for a long time. No, and y'all, I, I, I refuse to believe like that, that man that she married in Paris. Molly is listen, it is. It is. It is. Listen, listen. This is water, but Robert, I wish it this is was water. Listen, okay, Robert is going to try to spray us with his water to baptize us. <laughs> no, but listen, listen. I think that there can be hope for them because you yourself just said that the you 10 years ago isn't the you you are now. Don't, don't use my words against me. <laughs> give a brother grace. You're give right. A, give a brother and sister and grace. And Robert, I have to agree with you. I really feel like we have probably are in the minority about how we felt about season four. But I agree with my sister and I had the biggest fight we ever had. Issa's a villain. Until she repented it. She never go not be and the Issa villain. was and really petty in some, season I'm four. Team Issa. I was like, it's true, but I still be st- I still be standing Issa. I ain't gonna lie. That's a- until she she I have not heard an apology from Miss Issa for that. I haven't heard. She's it. not gonna apologize, but yo, yo you know apo- what? She's not gonna apologize. Condola, Robert, you know she's not gonna. That's apologize. complicated though, bro. Because I kind of would be, I would be feeling that petty spirit arising within me too, if somebody that I was cool with now is dating my man that I've been with for what five years, built this man up from the ground, supporting him. He's and then now you with him. I, there would be a petty moment. I'm sorry. I, you know, I would have to repent when I'm 92, I guess, you know. <laughs> and that's when finally Lawrence will not be in the struggle. And, and that's when finally Issa, who who has been with every problematic man in L.A., that is when she will not be in the struggle. Together, they will... <laughs> have have been freed in their 90s. I also think that Issa did the same thing when she tried to act like she was cool with Condola and knew she was mad that she had built this man up for five years. We do. It's the same thing. Again, we all do it. We we 
we pretend we fake we be faking ourselves out we be lying to ourselves can't lie to god but you be lying to yourself we playing ourselves we <laughs> acting up we acting out um y'all we get, really we y'all really truly we get trapped. Bef- before the lord y'all really want Issa to get with lawrence oh, god. truly <laughs> yes Wait, why did you say it? Why did you say it? Like, I, I literally said this the other day. What I would truly love, how I want this to end, is for Issa to re- reclaim singleness. Because if the options are Lawrence, Nathan, Daniel, and Daniel, and what's the other problematic dude? I want oh the 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 oh, bay yeah, from yeah. the dunes. Yeah. <laughs> Security bay. I want Issa to be single, whole, and happy. <laughs> that's that's the plot twist. I want everyone's like, but who could she be with? I mean, she's gotta be with somebody, one of these problematic bays. I'm like, I'm like, could she could, so could like literally none that of these options be great? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Because Nathan, everyone's like, I want better for his sister. No. We are not too. Nathan, we are not too. Nathan well. is no. sometimey. He a flake. I know Nathan's mm-hmm. too. I know Daniel's you know. too. And I, can I just say, I think that that's I actually how Molly's so story too. is going to end, that she's going to reclaim singleness and be whole and happy. And I have always said, let me just say this. Here's one of my frustrations with Insecure. Personally, I feel like the minute they did not write Lawrence completely out of the show when they broke I, up, I agree. they were committing themselves to them ending back up together. Because to me, to me, I have always felt that the central relationship, love relationship of Insecure is Molly and Issa. And that all these other people are peripheral and they keep trying to make Lawrence a main character. And I feel like because he has stuck around. You're right. Because to me, otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Like, why are you still here? I thought, I thought he was about to give up the why ghost on the plane. I thought when that plane shook, I was like, like... Why are you still here? And to me, like, the for the show, logically, the fact that they made a decision, they liked J.R. Ellis so much, and they made a commitment to keep bringing him back. I feel like they have... Her... But I do, I agree? do agree with your point about wholeness and happiness because I, to me, to me, like, even with Lawrence, like, I don't think Issa is going to find happiness and fulfill. I don't want to say happiness is a strong word. Her fulfillment or who she is or her wholeness has nothing to do with relationships. I think part of that is, you know, the story that we're seeing for her is her building success, her rebuilding her relationship with Molly. To me, that is the anchor for Issa's fullness, wholeness, happiness. And Lawrence, when he gets his stuff together, will be just be some kind of bonus. I do think Molly's story is going to end on, I don't need none of these men, of these fools, to be happy. I <laughs> am a boss. I want them to be together, I, th- them as friends, but... I mean, she progressed. She doing. I mean, the work. she is. She yeah. I mean, she is. Work. She is doing the work. Mo- Molly's, Molly's getting her second. You know, her second win, her second act. You know, I'm here for it. But but haven't we had friends that we had to leave oh, behind? Oh, one hundred percent. And they be looking yeah. at me like I'm crazy. But I'm like, but I gotta work yeah. for myself. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. And then I'm doing the work, and then they're behind. Yeah. They they didn't do the work, and then no, a hundred percent. And I feel like I read some interview when Issa was talking about this season that 
which because I, I thought it was interesting that we saw yeah. them hanging out the way they were kind of in the beginning of the seasons or the f- show first started because I feel like I read in an interview where Issa talked yeah. about that yeah. her and Molly's relationship would never be the same you know just because of what they went through in season four so I'll be interested to see how their story progresses over the course of now we know the real life right. Molly is still in Issa's life was in her wedding but but I'm just interested to see because you're right when you do the work and you're changing and your friends aren't you know some you we've all had to cut people loose so man y'all this was good we could keep going we could so I feel like you know Robert anytime you want to recap so with us please yes. mm, thank you. please yes. please yeah. come through I, I appreciate what did you tweet about like you had some opinions that you felt like you couldn't put on Twitter you can bring them to us bring them we here. like your takes. We like your takes. No, thank y'all. <laughs> this was fun. So yeah, we're gonna do this again, but thank y'all for joining us. Melanated Faith. Hi guys. Hi guys, just one more reminder that Anna Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, is having their biggest sale of the year. You can get up to 60% off your second item and with pieces of starting as low as $39, a great gift for the holiday season. Make sure you check out their sale at shop.analuisa.com slash melanatedfaith. That's shop.analuisa.com slash melanatedfaith. Okay, guys, happy hunting. See you next time.